bleed my own blood. Nobody! <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. Yeah. Welcome to the Fake Pigskin Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Asher Curzon. With me tonight is Jeremy Hart. This is week four for us, um, so we are celebrating one month of podcasting. And how are you doing tonight, Jeremy? I'm doing good. Thanks, Asher. Uh, four weeks into the podcast now. It's like week four of the NFL season from a podcast perspective. So right about now we really have a, uh, a good um, uh, threshold of, you know, four whole weeks of podcasts for us to be able to go back, evaluate, and talk about our strengths and our weaknesses. Oh, or yeah, not. We do do that, right? <laughs> No, um, I think we're just going to kick it off um, and go through the rest of the, some of the divisional fantasy uh, players and what to look out for, and uh, we'll kind of do this uh, for the next couple of weeks here, and that'll take us up close to the draft, at which point we'll uh, really kind of do a deep dive into some of the rookies as well. Yep, indeed. So we're going we're to start with, or continue with the, the AFC, under the AFC North and start off with the Baltimore Ravens. We all know uh, Richard Jambrin's um, favorite quarterback, Joe Flacco, is elite. We don't really need to talk about him very much, do we? No, no. I mean, he does have elite eyebrows, though. Um, oh, yeah. Joe yeah. Flacco, that is, not not Richard. Uh, well, you know, one of the same. <laughs> I, I think they both do, actually. I think, uh, Richard, if you're listening, um, I didn't get a chance to see your new tat, so uh, looking to check out the new ink, brother. Yeah, I think uh, as far as Flacco goes, um, you know, you're not happy with him as your starting quarterback unless it's a deep league. Uh, he, he is a serviceable backup. Uh, he has peaks and troughs, and he's just not someone you can really count on consistently. And even with them changing offensive schemes year to year, he's just not not a top QB fantasy wise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's really going to be in that QB2 range of, of, you know, and if you're streaming quarterbacks even in a dynasty league, I mean, I think he is certainly a a serviceable option, but he's nothing that is really going to kind of get you excited. Um, I I am a little bit higher on the offense overall in Baltimore this year with the new acquisition of, of Steve Smith. They did bring in Owen Daniels from the Houston Texans. Um, so I, I'd imagine they're going to try to um, pull off a little bit of a Bill Belichick-esque offense and and be able to kind of leverage Owen Daniels in line a little bit. And that way they can kind of send Pitta out to run a little bit more routes. Um, so I am a little bit higher on it. Uh, I mean, they did um, keep uh, their offensive line, which was in shambles, I, I guess intact, if that's what you want to call it. So there's certainly room for improvement there, but um, I mean, I guess you can't go down from here, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess I guess not. Uh, they did they did acquire Eugene Monroe, right? Yeah, uh, as exactly. As, as far as tackle, so I think they've upgraded slightly the offensive line and bringing in Kubiak, correct? If I'm Kubiak is the offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, you know, so they're probably going to transition more to his own blocking um, scheme. Bringing in Owen Daniels, you know, is a Kubiak guy. The, the offense is probably going to look a little bit different next year. Um, but again, you know. Matt Schaub wasn't a fantasy stud with when Kubiak was the, the head coach offensive coordinator of the Texans, so I think you're not really looking at too much of a bump for Flacco. Uh, it might be a bump for some of the skill position players. Um, touched a little bit on Steve Smith. Uh, we'll do wide receivers, so we've got Steve Smith, Jacoby Jones, Torrey Smith, and Marlon Brown. Uh, as far as, for me, I think the value is Steve Smith. I think he'll continue to produce Torrey Smith. He had high hopes for him last year. He has big games, um, but he hasn't just hasn't put it together consistently for me. Jacoby Jones is is someone that you know I probably wouldn't roster. I do like Marlon Brown's size, um, but again, it was the inconsistency last year that uh, kind of inhibited him from being a starter on your team. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I actually do like Torrey Smith this year. Um, bringing in Steve Smith is certainly going to help, um, you know, kind of take that, that blanket safety off of Torrey Smith because, you know, once Pitta went down, there was a, there was really nowhere for them to throw the ball. You know, once Flacco did have the opportunity to actually get the ball down the field, you know, it, it can open up a little bit there. Torrey Smith was kind of consistent in the sense that, you know, he, he wasn't a bad um, – high floor PPR option for teams last year. He was coming off the board last year in Dynasty startups right around the point where you were looking between Torrey Smith and Dwayne Bowe, and a lot of people were high on Dwayne Bowe because of Andy Reid going into the offense in Kansas City, but I'll kind of wait to touch on that. Um, but Torrey Smith, um, where they were coming off the board together, uh, was certainly the, the better option for, for your fantasy teams last year. So I do think Steve Smith is going to help open some stuff up for him a little bit. Uh, of course, uh, Pitta coming back and, and, and mentioning Owen Daniels. So um, I, I'm one of those guys where... I like Steve, uh, Torrey Smith coming off at about a 1.5 to a 1.7 range if you're looking at this from a trade perspective. Um, at least that's where I've been seeing him get traded. So I, I like the value there. He, he's certainly an option that, you know, he's he's kind of safe in the sense that he's not going to lose you games. But certainly what you want to see is you got to see more touchdowns, and that's what hindered his performance is a lack of touchdowns. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch a little bit on the running back, which for the Ravens seems to just be a, uh, uh, a big question mark. We, we know Ray Rice is probably going to play. I mean, I don't see he was indicted, but I, I don't I don't see his girlfriend, wife, fiance, whatever she is, um, pressing charges. So I think at some point, the Ravens have pretty much backed him throughout this whole process. Uh, I think Ray Rice plays this year. Whether or not he gets suspension from the league is still uh, to be seen. But I don't think you're looking at Ray Rice missing a whole season. Um, I know people are really down on him because he you know, had a career low average in yards per carry last year and just looked terrible. But I think you touched on a little bit their offensive line was in shambles. I think Ray Rice is a by-low candidate. If you can, I actually got him in a league the week that the, uh, the video came out and basically acquired him for next to nothing. So I think... That boat may have, may have sailed, but I think you can still get him at uh, a discount. 
and I think it's worth it. It's worth the risk if you can uh, live with that kind of gamble for this season. I agree with you, Asher. I also have them as a buy low. From a dynasty perspective, when I'm talking about startup drafts, he's, you know, of course not the type of player that I would be targeting, but I'm certainly not selling him right now because, you know, you're going to be lucky to get a second round draft pick for Ray Rice right now. Um, but I, I am definitely holding him, and it's it's very popular to kind of diss on Ray Rice right now. He was injured last year. Um, he, he wasn't the Ray Rice of old. Uh, he was ineffective. Um, but so was Matt Forte a few years back before everything started to kind of shape up for him. So Ray, uh, Matt Forte, you know, had that down year and everybody was just kind of giving him away and wasn't expecting him to do what he did before he, you know, just busted back onto the scene. I'm not saying that Ray Rice is going to bust back onto the scene like Matt Forte, mind you. Um, but I, I couldn't agree with you more that he, he's he's a nice buy-low option. Kubiak is going to, um, you know, leverage him a lot, um, you know, with his run-first orientation. And um, I, I'm with you there. If, if you're a contending uh, team and, you know, you want to be able to get somebody like an aging guy for, for cheap, if you can land him for anything in the second round... Um, um, I would absolutely take it. Yeah, I think so. Um, what do you think about Bernard Pierce? Uh, you think he'll, he'll take carries away from Rice? Is team still nursing an injury in the offseason? Did he have? I feel like he had an injury. You know what? I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look on that, so uh, forgive me for that. But I, I do think his style of running is, is uh, pretty pretty in tune with what Kubiak wants to do overall, you know, because he does have that ability to just cut and go, um, uh, kind of like uh, a zone blocking scheme. So I do think him and Ray Rice, they, they really are well suited for one another. The problem is, is they didn't have a pass game and they didn't have an offensive line to be able to do anything last year. So as that improves, um, I think we're going to see more quality rushing from that backfield. So I, I like Bernard Pierce. Um, I'm, I don't like him more than Ray Rice for 2014. Okay. Uh, we touched a little bit on tight ends. Pitta coming back from injury. Owen Daniels signed in the offseason. Do you think that Daniels, Vultures, catches away from Pitta, or do you kind of feel like <clears throat> Pitta has the edge going in with, uh, in, that he rooms with Joe Flacco and their, you know, best buds in the offseason and go golfing and what have you? Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still a Pitta guy. Um, you know, he's going to be the one that's going to be lining up in the slot, and and I certainly see a lot of two tight end formations with only Torrey Smith and Steve Smith out there. Um, you know, with Marlon Brown potentially coming. Well, that's a good question. I mean, is it going to be Marlon Brown or is it going to be Jacoby Jones? Um, that's really going to help out there. I, I don't know the answer to that. I would hope it's Marlon Brown, um, but like you mentioned earlier, you know, he he is a rookie or he was a rookie. He he showed his inconsistency and inexperience, um, but he certainly has the talent and the potential to kick it up a notch. So uh, Marlon Brown is another one of those guys that's just kind of waiver wire fodder right now as rookie drafts are coming up. People are offloading some of the end of their benches to make room for some of the incoming rookies. Um, but I, I, I do kind of like Marlon Brown as a talent overall going forward. Um, so, I mean, but if it's going to be Marlon Brown or Jacoby Jones or Dennis Pitta going into the slot, I you know I want 
Dennis Pitta going in there every single time, and I'd imagine Gary Kubiak does too. Um, Owen Daniels, I don't see him taking away a lot from Dennis Pitta, so I, I think if anything, Owen Daniels is going to be able to help add value with the run game, keep him, keep him in line, and, and send Pitta out for routes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so we're going to jump over to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, we'll kind of touch a little bit. Quarterback, Andy Dalton had a great year last year. I tend to think he's a better fantasy quarterback than an NFL quarterback, um, but I'm sure people would argue the opposite. Uh, I had him in a couple of leagues, was very happy with his performance last year. Jason Campbell's the backup there. Um, pretty much just a backup at this point. What do you think? Andy Dalton. What are your, your projections for 2014? One of the things that I think I like about Andy Dalton is I like Hugh Jackson coming in. I think Hugh Jackson as an offensive coordinator is a much better um, you know, offensive mind than he, you know, from a coordinator standpoint than he is as the heck, actual head coach. So I think he's actually going to come in and, and do Andy Dalton some favors in that he, he's a uh, player's coach, and he what he does best is he knows how to best leverage the strengths within his, ta- um, his talent pool, if you will. Um, so he's the type of coach that's going to be able to come in and, and you know make sure that Gio Bernard is getting the ball in space, make sure um, that A.J. Green um, isn't just running routes that are going to go uh, on a nine route and go for the deep ball. Um, which we kind of saw Jay Gruden do a lot of last year. So I, I like Andy Dalton. I'm not, you know, very high on him as an NFL player. To your point, I think he's a better fantasy player. The problem I have is that you look back at 2013 and it was like, oh my gosh, Andy Dalton was a top five fantasy quarterback. Like, when did this happen? Because you know he was one of those quarterbacks where it was, it was kind of volatile in that he he did very well season tally wise, whatever you want to call it. But you know he had some of those games where he he kind of hurt you as well. Um, so I I think I see that stabilize a little bit more going forward. And if Andy Dalton can sta- uh, stabilize more, uh, I mean this this is a team that can certainly compete and make a, a deep playoff run every single year in the AFC for the next five years. Yeah, I think top five QB, fantasy QB last year, I think if, if you look at it, it might be a little skewed. You had players that, that dealt with some injuries throughout the season, like Rodgers, um, who probably would have pushed Dalton down had they played a full season. Um, and I think that would at least change my perspective a little bit on him. Running backs, we've got Green Ellis and Giovanni Bernard. Bernard was the uh, rookie darling Dynasty-wise, last offseason, um, and he had a pretty decent rookie season. I think everyone wants to see him get the ball more going forward, and that's what we're anticipating. And Green Ellis is kind of just a guy, and I think most people are hoping that they uh, phase Green Ellis out of the offense and really uh, use Bernard as a, as a central cog going forward. Yeah, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is that player that it's almost like you, you go out drinking with your buddies one night and you get all hopped up and stupid and you go and make some bad decisions and you find yourself 
behind the wheel of a car. I'm not advocating that any way, shape, or form. But then you, you all of a sudden get arrested and pulled over, and now all of a sudden you need a public defense attorney. And that's kind of like what Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is. is he's kind of good enough to go through the, the, the mechanics of what he's supposed to do and get the job done. Um, but that's what his low yards per carry uh, ultimately showed, is that he, he doesn't flash. He just kind of goes in there as a plotter, and he, he's able to pick up the short yards but we all to your point wanted to see more geo more geo is what we needed so i'd imagine hugh jackson is going to come in and actually make that happen um so we'll see ben jarvis green ellis has only signed through 2014 2015 he becomes a unrestricted free agent so i'd imagine they're still going to uh i don't know i mean they could they can hit the draft um to pick up another running back but Rex Burkhead is a very underrated talent, and he can certainly come in and do any, anything that Ben Jarvis uh, has been doing to date. So I, I think it, you know, it would behoove them to go ahead and give Rex Burkhead some, some not all, early down work because you know we really want to put the ball in Geo's hands. But as they phase out Ben Jarvis, I'm interested to see what Rex Burkhead could do. Yeah, I was going to touch on that if you didn't bring it up. Uh, Receiver-wise, we know A.J. Green is starting – Top five wide receiver fantasy wise, and then we've got Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones, and it's kind of, at least in my eyes, it's a toss up between the two. They both had really great parts to the, to the season last year. Um, Sanu got hurt. Marvin Jones really came in and played well. Um, they kind of went back and forth. I mean, it's a good problem for the Bengals to have. It's not a good problem if you're a fantasy owner. You just you don't know where the production is going to come from, and it's hard to. Uh, predict who's going to get the catches game to game. What's interesting about Marvin Jones is if you go back and, and watch some of the games, what you'll see is that he actually could have performed even better had he shored up uh, some of the things that you you want to avoid doing as a young wide receiver. Um, he, now, some of his well, a lot of his production was you could certainly argue a little bit fluky because you know he was going for four touchdowns in a game. He just happened to get the ball, um, you know, in, in the red zone uh, quite a bit in a couple games. So you know that that's certainly something that you'd imagine would regress to the mean, but. If you watch him, what what he does is he's he's a very good, uh, deceptively fast vertical threat. So he'll go up and he'll he'll while in attempt to high point the ball, he'll 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 let his feet leave the ground. And when he does that, he's leaving yards after catch on the field. Um, so I, I saw that quite a few times last year while watching the Red Zone channel. So uh, if he can just shore up some of the, the wide receiver mechanics that you would look for, um, I mean, he, he really does have a high ceiling. Of course, A.J. Green um, is the receiver to own. Um, and a lot of people are trying to figure out what to do with Marvin Jones. But, you know, if, if you can get Marvin Jones on your squad for a second round pick, I, I think he's certainly worth it. Uh, that, that's you know that's somebody I'm I'm still high on from a talent perspective, and as you know, we find out what happens after Jermaine Gresham. I imagine won't stay a Bengal. Um, there might be a little bit more targets to go around. Yeah, and I think um, uh, in that vein, though, with the tight ends, I think even if Gresham leaves, I think you're looking at a, at a target vulture and Tyler Eifert uh, on their draft pick from last year. Uh, very high ceiling guy. Didn't play a lot as a rookie. Uh, what are we expecting? him coming into this season. 
I don't know if we're quite there yet. Um, I hope we are. I, I We certainly should be. Um, the, I don't think there is a more fluid tight end in the NFL um, than Tyler Eifert. I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going out there and trying to see what people are, are willing to uh, um, accept to give up Tyler Eifert as they're trying to get some of the rookies coming in from this class. So I, I certainly like him. I'd imagine Hugh Jackson is the guy that's going to come out and say, okay, we need to use more Tyler Eifert. Um, you know, I, I, two of your most dynamic players that are potentially on the field, Giovanni Bernard and Tyler Eifert, really didn't get the the touches and 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 the routes that you would you would expect them to. Um, so I mean, if you get those two guys along with AJ Green, I mean, it's just ridiculous the amount of talent that they have on the squad. So I, I I'm certainly high on Tyler Eifert as a top three tight end from an overall dynasty uh, dynasty perspective. I don't know if it happens quite yet, but I want to find out and I want him on my roster to find out. Uh, that is very high praise. I think for me, in regards to Eifert, I think he costs too much if you don't have him on your squad already. I think people value him very highly and are expecting a lot of production this year. So for me, I think he's just a little bit too expensive unless you were fortunate enough to draft him last year. Yeah, I mean, I think I, all the trades I've seen with Tyler Eifert right uh, this year have been 1.10 to 1.12 range. And I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. So it's really a tit-for-tat, potato-potato, which side of the fence do you fall on ordeal. Um, and I don't think you can go wrong either way because we know 1.10 to 1.12, there's there's a hell of a lot of talent um, in the back end of the yeah. course this year. So Yeah, I think, and then if you're, if you're starting tight end for tight end, I think you're looking at drafting, you know, Eifert versus Austin, Safari, Jenkins, who at one point last offseason was, you know, the de facto number one tight end. And then he's kind of been passed up. He had a bad, no, not a bad senior season, but a lackluster senior season, more with injury, and been passed by uh, Ibron coming into this offseason. For me, I think it it depends on who you like better. I think I think they're both great athletes. You know, I, I, I couldn't tell you which one I'd rather have on my team uh, at this point. Yeah, without giving too much away, I, I think you, what you brought up with ASJ is you know a very good exercise to go through. Is is where do you where do you stack rank Eifert with you know the the top three from the 2014 draft? And I know ASJ is a great value right now that can be had in the middle of the second round of rookie picks right now. It'll be interesting to see where that falls out uh, falls based on where he lands. Um, but man, ASJ is a touchdown machine. Um, but Tyler Eifert is is the, you know that that very fluid uh you know seem kind of monster so to speak so i i kind of feel like i would still have eifert above the likes of um ebron and jace um with asj being the wild card because of a the value and where you can get him right now um but the the touchdown uh potential that he can bring i mean he, he certainly has a potential should his his foot be okay to be the next antonio gates Alright, good. Um, moving forward, <clears throat> again, uh, going over to the Cleveland Browns. Um, quarterback is just a big question mark at this point. Uh, they do have Brian Hoyer, who I guess right now would be penciled in as the starter. He had a good, good little run last season before getting injured. Um, and it remains to be seen what the Browns are going to do with quarterback, if they're going to try and nab one of the top three in this year's draft, or if they're going to sit put with Brian Hoyer and try to draft 
draft a more developmental quarterback later. Um, very interesting. They're, they've been linked to uh, Carr at their second first-round pick, uh, if he's even still there. And uh, I think quarterback is just going to be a very intriguing position for the Browns. I'm very torn with how the Cleveland Browns should approach the the draft coming up, and I've seen people mocking them with uh, Johnny Football. Um, we've also heard that they also have some interest in Sammy Watkins, and I mean, it makes sense. Of course, you have Josh Gordon, but at the same time, do you have Josh Gordon? Um, you know, one more offense, and it's the Justin Blackman syndrome all over. I, I don't want to compare... Justin Blackman and Josh Gordon, though, because one thing at least we have seen from Josh Gordon throughout an entire season is, um, I guess, a low recidivism rate, if that's what you want to call it, because, I mean, he didn't repeat his offense through a year, so that's a good thing, whereas Justin Blackman did. Um, But, I mean, Sammy Watkins would certainly give them a, a security blanket um, should anything, you know, go awry with Josh Gordon. But man, Asher, <laughs> imagine if you have both Watkins and Josh Gordon out there. That would certainly be something phenomenal. At which point you could still have Brian Hoyer coming in, competing with, as you mentioned, somebody in the second round like David Carr if he falls back to him. And I know a lot of the knocks on David Carr is that he really just doesn't get it in terms of pocket presence, but he's got a really big arm. But, I mean, if you want him to land at a team where he's going to be able to best leverage his strengths, that's going to be the Cleveland Browns because with with Josh, Wat, uh, Josh Watkins, I just created a new player named Josh Watkins on Madden Football like that. Um, but yeah, with Gordon and Watkins, um, you know, that's the type of team where it, it might be a good fit for them to bring in someone like David Carr in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as far as receiver wise, we don't really touch on Josh Gordon that much in top five wide receiver. He's even going ahead of Calvin in some drafts, uh, guys surrounding him a little bit further on that Greg Little, who hasn't really put it together. I don't know if he ever will, um, Still transitioning from, um, you know, I guess he played running back at one point to playing wide receiver in the NFL and had an okay season um, last year, but not anything near what we've been expecting. And then you touched on the Andrew Hawkins baby hawk last week, uh, and then we also touched talked quite a bit about Nate Burleson, so we're not going to get into it with those guys. Uh, I could see them drafting Sammy Watkins. I could see them sitting tight with what they've what they've acquired in free agency. And, you know, taking a quarterback with their first pick, I think it really depends on what the Browns management feels Brian Hoyer can do with this team and whether or not they need to spend that high of a pick on a a quarterback or or go elsewhere with it. Um, Running back-wise, they traded, or excuse me, signed Ben Tate um, to pretty much replace Trent Richardson last year. from, if it's Trent Richardson, it is the same Trent Richardson we saw last season, and Ben Tate is certainly an upgrade. Backups are Deion Lewis and Edwin Baker, Fozzie Whitaker. What are your, what are your thoughts on the running backs? Yeah, running back wise, Ben Tate. I I think you know what you're gonna get with him. You know, I think I think he is a high floor RB two for fantasy teams, um, and that you know that's certainly um, something that we finally saw come to fruition for everybody that was holding on to Ben Tate, um, waiting for him to become the next Arian Foster when you know Arian Foster went down. Um, but even when Arian Foster went down, um, as did Ben Tate. So I mean, I, I, I'm 
I'm never one to predict an injury, um, but he certainly has shown um, susceptibility to injury. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I do like Ben Tate as that, you know, safe RB2 type of guy. Um, I'm also, as a deep roster stash, hanging on to Deion Lewis this year. Um, I really do like Deion Lewis's talent. He flashed a bit in the preseason last year before he was unfortunately lost for the season. So I think he's going to be able to come in and he can really add that change of pace to Ben Tate uh, and potentially, you know, work his way toward, um, you know, I, I, the high end, probably a 40% share. Um, but I mean, he certainly has the, the, the size, the speed, the talent to be a change of pace guy. And he, and he's right around that 200 pound mark where i mean he he could take the load should ben take go down i don't think there's any issues with that and he, he's certainly much more talented of a back than the likes of edwin baker or fozzy whitaker great um tight end jordan cameron really came along last year top five tight end um not much not much behind him really no no one of note uh, i think we expect cameron to produce similarly to what he did last year maybe not quite at as high a level, seeing as Nora Turner has moved on to coach in Minnesota. But do we really need to talk a lot about Jordan Cameron at this point? No, I mean, what I, the one thing I will say about Jordan Cameron is the good news for Jordan Cameron is that we do not have to worry about um, Brandon Whedon. And we do not have to worry about Jason Campbell. Uh, he kind of had a little bit of synergy toward the end of the year with Jason Campbell when he kind of figured it out. But uh, obviously when Brian Hoyer was in there, that's when, you know, both Cameron and Gordon were at their best. So we're all rooting for Brian Hoyer right now. It, uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out with the rookie quarterbacks. But I, I, don't, I don't see how the rookie quarterback can come in and, and make things worse for Cameron than the other two quarterbacks did. So I, I think his, his worst days are behind him. I, I would agree. Heading over to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, we'll start with quarterbacks. We've got Ben Roethlisberger, um, Bruce Gradkowski, <laughs> and Landry Jones. Um, I guess of the three, Roethlisberger, you know what you're getting. Um, he's had really good seasons nicked up here and there. Um, just a great QB two at you know at time. As a QB, he produces like the QB one, um, and for me, I guess uh, from a dynasty perspective, I find Landry Jones intriguing because I, I guess you just don't know how many more years you have with Roethlisberger. He doesn't really look like he's slowing down, um, but the Pittsburgh drafted Jones last year, um, you know, and, they, and maybe they're grooming him to be the quarterback in the future. I suppose so. I mean, he he, he could kind of come in, and I mean, he, he he has the size, he has the build, similar uh, to Ben Rott. Um, I just don't know um, how far he's developed. I mean, he, he certainly looked shaky at absolute best um, in preseason last year. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he, he is. Um, I, I don't think the jury's out either way there. Um, I would imagine they're still going to potentially um, look toward the draft to bring in uh, somebody else that could compete with Landry Jones um, um, should uh, ben, ben Roethlisberger go down or when he goes um, down again. Okay, fair enough. Uh, running back, we've got Le'Veon Bell as the starter. And they went out and signed Garrett Blunt to be his backup. Um, and it's followed by a slew of guys we're not really going to talk about. <laughs> Elvester Alexander, Miguel Masonette, <clears throat> 
Torrin Poole. Masonet and Poole were two guys that had a little bit of steam last year, but uh, never really materialized. And they're kind of too far down on the depth chart. I liked some of the tape I saw in Masonette last year, but I think that Blunt and Bell probably stay healthy for the majority of the year, and Masonette doesn't get a lot of carries. I was kind of shocked when I found out that the Steelers had interest in LeGarrette Blunt and ultimately signed him. Uh, obviously, they needed somebody to come in and, and take some of the load away from Le'Veon Bell. Um, Le'Veon Bell um, was a very hot fantasy commodity and certainly performed admirably for teams um, but his effectiveness in the offense was actually below average uh, because of just the, the woe, woeful offensive line um, so you've got to get better on the offensive line in the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, for them to be able to perform um, I, I think LeGarrette Blunt does certainly bring some value um, you know he's going to be able to come in and, and really push the pile forward I, I just thought they would have kind of been looking for a, a different type of compliment to Le'Veon Bell so you know he I guess you know I'm never one to handcuff but you know I, I think he's going to potentially be some sort of flex spot worthy uh, depending on the week yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I see the fit with Blunt. He kind of fits Pittsburgh's attitude as a city, you know, and the way they approach football. Big, strong, you know, kind of grinding running back. And I think he fits well in Pittsburgh. Uh, receivers, we've got Antonio Brown as a starter. They signed Lance Moore, signed Darius Hayward Bay. And then they've got Marcus Wheaton, who I'm very high on, slotted in as a starter. Very excited to see what he does this year. He's Fully healthy, ready to go. Um, I think you're looking at a top top 30, top 20 receiver in that offense. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like Marcus Wheaton a lot. Um, we talked a little bit about him last week, um, but I so I, I won't kind of drive it home. But you know, I, I I was certainly a buyer of Marcus Wheaton last year as well. And uh, Marcus Wheaton for uh, a second-round pick is his value right now, um, and, and I'm, I'm a buyer there. I mean, the, the Steelers are um, pretty high on Marcus Wheaton right now, so he's going to get a lot of carries, or I'm sorry, a lot of touches. Yeah, I think I think we've if there's anything we've learned from uh, Pittsburgh in the last few years, they do a really good job developing, drafting, developing, and um, picking wide receivers. Uh, anywhere from Mike Wallace to Antonio Brown now to Marcus Wheaton. And I think the track record is there, and I think their MO is that they draft and develop their players and then they sign the ones they want to keep. Uh, so very excited to see Wheaton on the field this year. That's pretty much it for, for Pittsburgh. Do you think Lance Moore, just quick Lance Moore or Hayward Bay, has any, any fantasy relevance or at this point? Yeah, Lance Moore will come in and be a wide receiver three at point. Um, I think we just need to see his involvement in the offense more before you can kind of chalk it up as such. You know, Antonio Brown is definitely someone coming. That That's one of those players where, uh, as a dynasty owner, I'm looking to move Antonio Brown. Um, and not that I think he's going to decline uh, much, but, you know, it's one of those things where he came in and nobody was expecting him to have the type of season he had as a wide receiver one. Um, so I think his value um has gotten to that peak point where at the very least i i think it it would behoove any owner to at least go out there and kind of you know test the waters and see what you can get for him yeah yeah i agree um i was an advocate for antonio over the last offseason so i don't i i was surprised at how well he finished i thought maybe top 15 top 10 would be you know his ceiling 
but I was wrong. And if you have him, I think you're very happy with him. He's an extremely hardworking guy. Um, you know, a low draft pick, put in a lot of work, built a great rapport with uh, Roethlisberger, and really shined last year. So I probably wouldn't train him if I have him, um, just because you know what you paid or drafted, where you drafted him at, it's pretty high return on investment. How many um, how many snaps do you think uh, Darius Hayward Bay is going to come in? And, God, I and hope take... none. Well, I know, you know, but the problem is, is he's a he's a good run blocker. Um, well, he, well, not run blocker, but he's 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 a great blocker as a wide receiver. So that's where it's kind of like that Jacoby well, Jones. Has to do something, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I I hated the signing to your point, but you know you have to wonder if he's going to end up um, taking some two wide receiver sets away from someone like Marcus Wheaton and Marcus Wheaton coming in uh, in three wide receiver sets. I'd hate to see it happen. Wheaton's obviously the one with the higher ceiling, but I, I'm just you know that's something that's still in the back of my mind yeah yeah i agree you know you kind of saw it last year in indianapolis and when they stopped playing hayward bay is when ty hilton really took off so uh, let's just hope that they use him on maybe on running plays only i don't know <laughs> um it's just funny it's ironic that the guy was a you know high first round pick and the only thing he's good at is blocking so. Right. Yeah. Talk talk about the epitome of just a a, a draft bust. Uh, what did he go like? What, I know he was an early first round pick. I want to say like eighth or ninth. Yeah. To, to Oakland. I mean, they picked in the top ten the last decade, so like, he had to be somewhere up there. All right. Well, we we finished up with the AFC North. We're gonna hop down to the AFC South. We'll start with Houston. Um, as of right now, Case Keenum is slotted as the starting quarterback. You've got Nick Sun, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then we've got TJ Yates. That's probably the third string quarterback. Do you see this as a situation where the Texans, I mean, we, we, we're not going to really talk a lot of draft, NFL draft speculation, um, but just a quick to touch on it. Do you think this is a situation where they're happy with what they have, and or do you think they're looking to find a franchise quarterback? They're definitely looking to find a franchise quarterback. I don't think they're going to look to Case Keenum um, to be the guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to be their long-term guy. I, I'd imagine they, they brought Fitzpatrick in, A, because it was an, a necessity, and B, because it allows them to be more flexible um, with the draft. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in, in, the, in the top of the draft. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is certainly uh, – a nice stopgap for them as they look to groom whoever it is that they're looking to groom. Okay, fair enough. Um, running back-wise, Aaron Foster is the starter. He's healthy. They did sign Andre Brown. Uh, kind of puts a damper on the um, hype for Dennis Johnson and maybe maybe Ray Graham, who seems to be buried. I liked Graham coming out of pit last year, but he just hasn't been able to do much and continues to get pushed down the depth chart. Um, thoughts on running back situation is it pretty much predominantly going to be a foster brown tandem if they both stay healthy yeah it's definitely going to be arian foster 
in Andre Brown. Um, you'd imagine, I mean, you, you've got to get as much as you can out of Arian Foster at this point if you're the if you're the Houston Texans. Um, I do see Andre Brown as also, you know, another one of those running backs that's an injury risk waiting to happen, but he's a really good running back. He does everything right the way you want him to in, in, in basically every facet of the game. So I, I do like the two of them. I mean, Arian Foster right now, I mean, he's pretty much a late fourth, early fifth round um, guy. The the um, April ADP data is, um, it just came out um, from Dynasty League football. So um, I'm already in there, you know, perusing and, and looking around to see where kind of uh, a lot of the guys are going. So he's a good value right now. And, and even for 2014 alone, you know, he, he's, he's, it's in, it's a, what have you done for me lately league and Arian Foster hasn't done anything lately. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a nice bounce back year for him in terms of uh, depth guys on the, the Houston Texans. I know you touched on Dennis Johnson and Ray Graham. Um, I, I don't like um, Dennis Johnson. We, we saw, I think everything that we were, we're going to see, uh, from him, and I think the Texans saw everything they wanted to see from him. Um, Jonathan Grimes is still a guy. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> if it's a very deep league, I, I'm still keeping my eye on him, um, only because he really does have all of the physical traits that you're looking for for an every down back, and I, I think he's he's good for the system. He hasn't had much opportunity, so I mean, I, I, it's absolutely a deep, deep pick, but I'm, I'm still keeping an eye out. Um, Andre Johnson, the ageless wonder, uh, had a great season last year, continues to put up numbers regardless of who's the quarterback. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, rookie last year, coming in the second year. Uh, and you've got guys like Keyshawn Martin, um, Devere Posey, Mike Thomas. Um, we're looking predominantly at an Andre Johnson, most likely. Hopkins on the other side, and maybe Martin in the in the slot. Yeah, um, I really like DeAndre Hopkins moving forward. Um, now is the time to go ahead and try to acquire him as uh, a guy that maybe his owner is a little bit down on because he didn't do quite too much, even though he actually did a lot in terms of what rookie wide receivers typically do. He was very efficient as the second receiver. Uh, to your point, Andre Johnson isn't going anywhere right now um but deandre hopkins is going to continue to get better and better so as of right now it looks like he's coming off the board um in the third round of a startup um andre johnson right around the fifth so um you know the value i I guess in the short term says andre but um definitely bought on deandre moving forward all right Uh, we'll go ahead over to indianapolis Uh, andrew lock quarterback I don't think dynasty-wise we need to talk about his backup uh, at this point. Oh, it is Matt Hasselbeck, so I guess that's that's uh, noteworthy. Um, running back, you've got Trent Richardson, Vic Ballard, and Ahmad Bradshaw. I am high on Trent Richardson this year. I don't think, I think I've said it before, I don't think his value can get much lower. Uh, I think now is the time to acquire him if you can, get him as a toss-in on a trade. I mean, you're talking about the guy who is the 1.1 Rookie pick two years ago, um, who almost rushed for about 1,800 yards and caught over 50 balls. Um, I think we see Richardson rededicate himself to football 
and I think he comes back this year very strong. Um, Vic Ballard is probably an RB3 or 4 for me. Um, Bradshaw, you never know what you're getting. He's great when he's healthy, but he rarely stays healthy. He, he's got those little, I like to call them geisha feet. They're brittle and they're tiny, and they, they, they tend to break quite a bit. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the fence with Trent. He's he's the type of player that you to, to your point. Um, now is the time to get him if you're a believer on Trent. Couldn't agree with that more. Um, but I think it's it, it's very alarming when a team um, drafts a guy very high and then very swiftly unloads the guy um, for you know as much as they can in terms of you know what they got back in return. Um, and I, I think he, he looked very good his rookie year, but he actually wasn't all um, that effective. It was, it was more volume uh, than anything else. Um, I looked a little bit deeper into Trent Richardson on a, on a different article I did um, at Rotoviz, um, looking into third-year guys as a, as a dynasty by-low, um, because I did, um, along with you, have him on my target. But once I started looking more into, um, because he, did, he, is, he didn't actually um, do the combine, uh, and understandably so, if he ran the combine, it would have hurt his value. Um, and I think we all kind of saw how that would have hurt his value because he, he didn't necessarily wow anybody in terms of some of his uh, physical attributes. Um, so I did take a look at some of his uh, agility uh, uh, metrics and uh, his advanced speed score metrics. Uh, and then uh, Sean Siegel on PFF last year really kind of came, came out with a very cool metric which uh, essentially looked into yards before contact and how that kind of determines effectiveness for an every down back. Um, and when I kind of worked backwards, um, what I found was is Trent Richardson's um, overall career yards before carry uh, was very low um, in terms of uh, just his ability. So I, I'm, I'm not seeing it anymore. I, I know it's a time to buy him uh, right now, but I just, I've kind of uh, the ship has sailed for me, and if I miss out on it, that's okay um, because I just don't want to take it on at this point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, receivers, Reggie Wayne is coming back healthy, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, actually, the Colts have a, a quite a nice bevy of wide res- young wide receivers. They do. Signed Hakeem Nix in the offseason. They signed Derek Rogers last year. LeVon Brazil is still there. So I, I think... I think you, you, you can kind of, the Colts are going to be picking their poison and to the detriment of probably some fantasy teams. You don't, you just don't know who's going to produce. You would anticipate it would be Wayne and Hilton and Knicks if he can stay healthy. Um, but a lot of people are high on Rodgers. Um, probably one of those guys. I think he has all the talent in the world. He just couldn't put it together um, for whatever reason in Buffalo. Maybe it was just the weather. Maybe he didn't like it up there. Who knows? Um, Knicks I like. If, again, if he can stay healthy, he's wide, He's a wide receiver one. Um, and I like Hilton's game. Uh, everyone kind of tags him as, you know, one-trick pony and deep ball. I, I think there's a little bit more to him, and I think he can run all the routes, and he kind of just needs the opportunity. I don't know if he'll get it now as much with the signing of Knicks. Uh, well, it remains to be seen how the Colts are going to employ these receivers. 
Yeah, this boy does. I mean, they, they really did a lot of work to at least make sure that Andrew Luck has all the tools at his disposal. Um, I'd imagine it's going to be T.Y. and Reggie coming out, getting the first crack, uh, pending you know Reggie's health. Um, but, the man, they certainly have the ability to be flexible this year. I hope they don't come out and just kind of run. We did actually see them pass quite a bit because of just the, the overall game script and how games ended up um, playing themselves out last year but I I feel like they should come out and run three wide receiver sets a ton um, because they certainly have the talent between Wayne and Nix and and T.Y. Hilton to go out there and just create a mismatch all over the field uh, for the defense on every single play every single drive I don't know if that's how they'll do it I mean the flip side to that is I mean they, they should be getting a healthy Dwayne Allen back who I actually like more than Kobe Fleener as an overall tight tight end talent, um, but I guess that you know just kind of shows that they they have a lot of flexibility. They can they can go the two tight end set or they can kind of come out wide receiver heavy, and so these are also kind of some of the reasons why I'm just not very high on Trent overall. Okay, uh, I agree. I like Allen better than Fleener. I think Fleener, if he was going to be a fantasy asset, we you know he he would have been last year with Allen going down and he just was too up and down and didn't show me a lot on tape to impress me. I think Allen comes back and takes the, the starting job. What are your thoughts on uh, Derek, my boy Derek? Uh, I like Derek. Again, I said I think the talent's there. It's just a matter of you know him getting on the field at this point. Are you are you a buyer of him? Um, I was last year. I think I, I think that his price tag probably dropped a little bit with Nick's signing. There, there was quite a bit of hype for him going into this offseason. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a buyer of Rodgers at this point. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I know a lot of people just don't want to take on the headache that he could, you know, create. Um, but I don't think he costs much. I think, you know, he can be had for a late second-round pick, early third-round pick potentially. And, you know, we all know that right now Hakeem Nix is kind of – we don't know if he's playing on two knees or one knee right now and if he's going to show up to 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 practice and meetings and such so um you know it's one of those picks where it doesn't cost you much just to see i mean if he can come in there with with reggie growing old and and akeem nicks you know on a one-year show me deal and he might not be able to pull it off uh you know derrick might be a part of that future so i'll go ahead and take a shot along with you yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, heading down to Jacksonville, we've got re-signed Chad Henney to a small deal. And it would appear that, did they release Gabbert? I think they did, right? He was traded to San Fran. Yeah. Excuse me. San Francisco acquired him for a sixth-round pick. That's right. Okay. Um, so the Blaine Gabbert experiment is over. <laughs> um I think it's safe to say that, that Jacksonville will be looking for a quarterback of the future, whether it's, you know, in the beginning of the street after kind of akin to Cleveland in the second round. They've got that guy that could hold them over for a year or two of mediocrity while they groom another quarterback or look to next year's draft for a quarterback. And Chad Henney, he's not, you know, he's not going to be a great fantasy starter. Um, for your squad, and he's probably not that great an NFL starter either. And running back-wise, they let MJD sign with uh, Oakland. They brought in Toby Gerhardt for a modest deal to pair with Jordan Tonman and um, possibly Denard Robinson in the backfield. What are your thoughts on QB and running back for the Jaguars? 
Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, I don't think any of us would have guessed that Toby Gerhardt was going to be the the hottest free agent signing (laughs) in the offseason, pulling down the fattest check. Uh, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Um, He is definitely an underrated talent. Um, I I know Alan Bassett, um, who kind of dabbles a little bit on fake pigskin along with us, um, did come out with a pretty cool article uh, maybe a month or two ago of one of his, you know, 25 stats you didn't know uh, type of ordeals and, and Toby Gerhardt was certainly effective in Minnesota um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, whether or not that if, uh, level of effectiveness kind of carries over to Jacksonville. I do like Jacksonville as uh, an up-and-coming team. They certainly be uh, they certainly seem to be making all the right moves on both sides of the ball right now so I'd imagine they're going to bring in another wide receiver. Um, I don't mind Chad Henney um, you know, as a fantasy quarterback, I mean, he's a plug and play. You, I guess, could do worse if you're someone that is just kind of streaming uh, quarterbacks. Um, but I just don't know if they're going to get close enough to the red zone yet to be able to make it impactful. Um, so for you know, wide receivers, I, I'd imagine it's going to give you some garbage yardage um, time points. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how they don't look to the draft to replace Chad Henney. Yeah, I agree. I also could see them, them go to the draft for receiver. They've got Cecil Schwartz, Ace Sanders, Mike Brown, Denard Robinson. I guess he's playing both positions. Um, looks like they have Tandon Doss, who everyone was kind of high on. In Baltimore didn't really pan out. With this draft being so deep with receiver, do you kind of see Jacksonville targeting receiver as a, as a, a position of interest? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think they can go into this season not bringing somebody else in. A. Sanders is not being that prototypical guy. Uh, you know, he's certainly a value guy, but he's not somebody that you want, you know, um, lining up outside. Justin Blackman, we'll see, you know, what happens to be the case with him. Um, uh, Tandon Doss uh, recently acquired. Um, so, I mean, he has, I would say, limited uh, upside potential. I think that's the reason and why he's no longer um, a Baltimore Raven. Um, so, you know, if Sammy Watkins is sitting there, I don't see him passing up on him. I, even someone like Mike Evans, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how Mike Evans would not be a good fit for that offense. So it, it'll be interesting to see it all shake out. Indeed. Um, tight end, Mercedes Lewis, Clay Harbor. Um, is this a position they could look to fill in, or I guess just to upgrade in the draft? Do you think they're pretty content with Mercedes Lewis? Yeah, I think they're content. Um, you know, maybe maybe they try to go out there and, and kind of do what everyone else is doing and try to identify a joker-type tight end. Um, I don't really see it happening because of, you know, the, the amount of, you know, need they have at the skill position, at the quarterback position. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, just simply building upon your strength is the way to go. And um, I, I'd love to see them just kind of just kind of boss hog the, the defensive front. Very good. Uh, last but not little, hit the, the look at the Tennessee Titans. Um, we talked quite a bit about last week about them releasing Chris Johnson. Um, so they're looking at a starting quarterback of Jake Locker, backed up by Charlie Whitehurst and Tyler Wilson, uh, which is, to me is very intriguing. Uh, if, if this regime is not high on Locker and they feel that Wilson can kind of be that developmental quarterback of the future for them, it makes for a very interesting stash on a dynasty team. Yeah, I do like Tyler Wilson. I'm not giving up on Jake Locker. I, I think he's pretty putrid 
as an NFL quarterback. Um, but I mean, if, if he's in their starting games, he certainly has the ability to pick up fantasy points with his legs. Um, so he's certainly somebody that, at least from my perspective, still holds uh, a fair amount of value um, and that, you know, you, you can depend on him to potentially be that high floor guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's probably on borrowed time overall with the team. Yeah, um, running back, we got Sean Green, Jackie Battle, Keon Washington. Is it fair to say that the starting running back for the Titans is not on the roster currently? Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, probably an accurate statement. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem, unless they sign Chris Johnson back, there aren't very many free agents they can bring in. So I would I would imagine this is a position that, that Tennessee is going to go into the draft heavily targeting, um, which, you know, we, we kind of talked about their, their rookie draft being so wide receiver heavy. I think this could be a position where you see the first running back drafted in, in most rookie drafts, whoever Tennessee ends up taking, because the path to a starting role is, is pretty wide open at this point. Yeah, agreed. And I know we're, you know, not going to let too much out of the bag at this point. But I mean, I think we have to, we'd be remiss not to kind of talk about it right now, because I don't think either of us expect to see 300 carries from Sean Green right now. So enter the 2014 running back draft class. Do you think it would be a better thing for the Tennessee Titans to take a guy like Carlos Hyde earlier or wait for a guy uh, which could, you know, produce like a Hyde but add more value later in the draft like a Terrence West? Or do you think they kind of stick with Sean Green for another year or two and bring in, uh, you know, somebody like a Trey Mason, which could kind of help establish that RBBC? Uh, uh, two out of three guys I am not high on. I don't like Trey Mason and I don't like Carlos Hyde. Um, watched quite a bit of Hyde's tape. Um, I see a guy who's essentially a very, very poor man, Eddie Lacy. He does everything okay, nothing really well. Trey Mason, not very high on. He had great co- uh, college stats, but I, a little bit undersized. He doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield very well. Um, not very, not just not high on him at all. Uh, I. I do think they like Sean Green. Um, I don't think he's he's a you know an every down starter for them. I could see them looking in the draft, maybe at someone like uh, someone I'm high on. You know, not a friend of the podcast, Marion Grice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we we um, don't know. I mean, we don't want to burn any bridges here, at, uh, bridges here, Asher. I mean, we we don't know. We there's there, there's always okay, hope. Okay, okay. There's we'll always back, hope. We'll backtrack. <laughs> Not a guest on the podcast yet, Mary and Grace. Um, no, I'm very high on Grace. I like him quite a bit. Um, I think he would really fit well in Tennessee, um, more so than Carlos Hyde. But you never know what, what happens in the draft. Teams are high on players for other reasons, and I'm not an NFL GM. So we'll, we'll see what they do. Um, again, I think, like I kind of mentioned, this will be <clears> – <throat> This and probably Atlanta will be the two spots where, where if you're um, needing a running back in your rookie draft and you, you know you're looking to fill that hole, you're probably going to look to the start the Titans or the uh, Falcons for a running back. Yeah, I think you know, I think you're right about that. It's um, you know I, it, very quickly I, I you know I'm not the biggest. Hyde fan as well, so I don't think it would really make sense for them to go and spend the pick on Hyde when you can go and get the value guy it i mean it's a different coaching regime but you know they have the offensive line in place to uh you know take a guy um on that 
has um, some of those um, freak of a nature physical abilities, so to speak. And of course, we saw a guy like um, Bishop Sankey, um, you know, tear it up at the combine. And he's interesting because, um, you know, he's definitely going to kind of split the pond, so to speak, right? Because his tape basically looks like crap. Um, but at the same time, it's it, he has the, the physical ability. So it's going to be great to see which way Tennessee goes because whichever way you look at it, whoever they draft, I feel like they're an automatic RB2 floor, right? Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, do you, do you think, and to be honest, though, if I'm drafting in the middle, middle of the first round, I'm, I'm hoping that Tennessee takes a running back because it, to me it's just going to push those receivers further down, and there's a good chance you get an excellent quality receiver that should have gone because a team reaches for a running back just because they're a starter in Tennessee or a presumed starter in, in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I don't see any running backs going in the first round only because I, it, they just don't have to anymore. I, I feel like second round is, is where you're going to see some of those top guys go off the board, um, and it'll probably be them in the second rounds. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think any of us can really uh, – we're all – basically the bottom line is we're all going to be surprised and shocked when, when somebody does something we, we're expecting the exact opposite. Yep, every year. Um, Receiver-wise, they still have Nate Washington. Um, Big Nate. They do do have Kendall Wright, Justin Hunter, draft pick last year. The big free agent acquisition for the (laughs) Titans this year was Dexter McCluster, um, which I don't really want to talk about. Why why are you Uh, laughing? Dexter McCluster is the the next coming of... uh, He's the next coming of Dexter McCluster. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, let, let's hope so. I mean, they spent a lot of money on him. They have high hopes for him. Maybe this will be the year. I don't get it. He surprises all of us. I don't see it coming. Uh, I, I think I think Wright and Hunter are the two wide receivers you want to own, especially dynasty-wise because they're so young. Wright had a great season last year. Hunter started to put it together. Um, he's got the prototypical size. They released Kenny Britt, um, or didn't he just didn't resign Kenny Britt. Um, and I think they're expecting Hunter to take a big step forward. Yeah, uh, I'm sure hoping so because I've bought him in a couple uh, dynasty leagues, and I'm kind of actually on the fringe about him. I'm I'm high on him, but not really high on him. So it, it seems kind of volatile right now. I I don't necessarily like to pay that much for a guy that we we haven't quite seen exactly what we want to see. And then of course you got the stories of him just doing stupid stuff and getting suspended. Um, Kenny Britt reincarnate. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to to play out. I mean, I will say I'm a lot higher on Justin Hunter than. I am Kendall Wright. I did. I, I like Kendall Wright, um, but I think a lot of what happened with Kendall Wright was purely predicated on on their inability to move the ball and him being a volume guy. And uh, you know, I, I don't see that as sustainable going forward. So I'm I'm actually selling Kendall Wright. No, oh, again, I'm going to disagree with you. I like Kendall Wright. I think he can play pretty much anywhere on the field, outside, inside, in the slot. I think he brings a lot to the table that, as far as skill and route running ability, that Justin Hunter just doesn't have yet. Uh, and I think that's what's going to keep him on the field. And I think, you know, in, in possibly in two wide receiver sets, if Hunter's not quite there, we're looking at seeing right and, and, and even, you know, Nate Washington, if Hunter just isn't isn't able to grasp the playbook. You know what's interesting, according to um, ADP on DLF here, Kendall Hunter uh, just under pick 50. 
Kendall uh, Wright. Kendall Wright, excuse me. Um, there I go uh, creating new receivers now. Um, Justin Hunter, uh, pick 53.2. So they're coming off the board right next to each other. So it literally is a conversation of would you rather. Yeah, I, I think it just comes down to do you want someone who's technically skilled or do you want someone who has the freak measurables, you know. Um, can't, why can't and, we just ever get them to be both, right? Yeah, no, no, it only happens with, you know, like five players. So, yeah. um, <laughs> lastly, for the for the Titans, we'll talk a little bit about tight end. Um, Delaney Walker surprised a little bit last year. Um, Craig Stevens, and then, you know, we're all waiting for Taylor Thompson to emerge, you know, as a, as a stud fantasy, or stud dynasty <laughs> tight end, excuse me. Um, and I, I feel I, so I, bamboozled. I've been waiting, 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 and waiting. And, you know, I'm just not sure it's going to happen. He's got the size. He hasn't played tight end much. Uh, apparently, you know, if you if you listen to the smoke coming out of training camp a year or two ago, he's got extremely soft hands. Don't know who said it, but I'm intent- hoping it was a coach. I was admittedly bamboozled, and I did buy into the, the smoke screen on Taylor Thompson. Um, so, yeah, lessons learned. Okay. Um just quickly, before we close out, um, do you think tight end is a position that Tennessee looks to fill in the draft, or do you think they're pretty pretty happy with what they have in Walker? Yeah, I I I think they're content uh, with Delaney Walker. I, I you know he he certainly helped some fantasy teams as a low end tight end stream option. Um, so I I just don't see it as a, a position of need to the point where um, they're gonna uh, draft the tight end uh, above. Um, because I, you know, they, they still have the, the needs at running back. Um, they still can shore up the defensive side, um, the linebacker core. So I, I, I guess they could, um, they could certainly upgrade it. I just don't necessarily see it jumping off as a position of need. Okay, great. Well, that's going to do it for us for tonight. We, uh, will be back with you guys next week. We'll pick up right where we left off and cover a few more divisions. We hope you enjoy the the podcast as always and we will see you next time say hi to your mom for me up your butt joe boo post game show is brought to you by christ i can't find it the hell with it